Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, uh, we just got off the air doing another episode and uh, we're back. We're back in the studio because we are broadcasters. We're true radio men. And what you do if you're a true radio man is make content. Um, I've got a follow-up question on the thing that we ended our last episode with and i'm going to get into that right after this quick break hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth call 800-497-4410 I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, boys. So last episode, we talked about a picture. Uh, It was a karate picture, a dojo picture of Matty Chan. Matty Chan and his kid getting some white belts, getting some karate reps in. And we talked about it. It ended up being kind of a more philosophical take on like how do you handle posting pics of your kid and all that. But I, I want to get back into the karate aspect of this. And I'm assuming you guys have seen a, a pretty representative sampling of all the Karate Kid media that there is out there, like the original Karate Kid movies, uh, and then the thing that came on Netflix or whatever it was a year yeah, or two Co- ago, Cobra Co- Kai or whatever Cobra it was. Kai. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So. Knowing what you know about all Karate Kid media and knowing what you know about Maddie Chan, which, which Karate Kid character best embodies the, the Maddie Chan approach? Is he like Karate's bad boy Mike Barnes from Karate Kid 3? Is he, uh, is he Johnny Lawrence? Is he Machio? Is he like uh, Daniel LaRusso? Um, which Karate Kid uh, Empire character is Maddie Chan? Man, he's he's a tough one because like ten years ago he he would have been sort of a you know he he would have leaned a little bit more like aggressive, uh, not bad boy because he was never like a bully but like he would get after it, and he's yeah. he's mellowed a little bit but he's not all the way to like Mister Miyagi Zen. Um, <laughs> yeah, but he's I not think, Richard Rohr. You know. I think he's aspiring <laughs> to sort of you know Mister Miyagi esque. You know that that really? kind of thing. Oh, that's fascinating. I mean, he's a how few so? years away like, what, from it, but that's kind of that. Feel like that's his trajectory, dude. What is it? Pipe in his scouting report that gives you like Mr. Miyagi vibes. Um, keeping well, in mind that I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it well, it's an, an intentional effort to distance himself from a violent past. Uh, you okay. know, with a uh, 
and, and in his case, that means just yelling a lot in sermons. Um, <laughs> That's what we're calling violence in yes. 2022. Remember, violence yeah. means I raised any- my voice once. Violence so means sorry. anything that makes somebody uncomfortable. So yes, violent right, past. Right. Um, yeah. And and then you know we mentioned last episode his his Instagram is a very like these are things that that bring me joy and give me peace. And there is there is an an inordinate number of photos from him like out in nature at the Brazos River in Texas. And so there's a yeah. strong just sort of like soaking in the peacefulness kind of vibe and mm-hmm. which you know mr miyagi has the has the garden and the tree that what are the bonsai yeah. trees and different things so there just seem to be some parallels there i mean i would say he's he's very fledgling on that front but yeah. that's that's a trajectory i like that actually see i really like that 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 gets to the spirit of the question perfectly and i learned some stuff about maddie chance so that's good uh baby where are you at on which Cobra Kai or Karate Kid character, um, yeah, Maddie Chan man. embodies. I like what Pipe said. I yeah, think I like that too. I think he's in process. I, I mean, I'll go so far to say is it's hard for me to place Maddie Chan in the Karate Kid at all. You know, like that, uh-huh. that doesn't feel like a movie he would have made. You know okay. what I mean? Like, I think it's like when you look at sort of the extremity of the characters in that movie, that's why Pipe was kind of struggling. Well, he's kind of like that, but sort of like that. Right. Because he doesn't yeah. really fit the mold of those is he characters. like Machio, kind of scrapper, like a little scrapper, like a Jersey uh, yeah. kid transplanted to to Southern California? I, think so. He's make I mean, his way. that's where I was gonna go because I feel yeah. like I don't know, you know, I don't know his story, I don't know his past or anything like that, but I feel like he he's a kid. He feels to me, okay, like a mm-hmm. kid that had a lot of ambition, but he also he he also was like very passionate, and that would come out in the form of like you know anger and like frustration. And mm-hmm. so, because I think he, I think he works really hard at what he does. I think he's all in with the things mm-hmm. that he does, kind of like Machio. So mm-hmm. Machio, just like everything he did, he, you know, when he, when he turned the corner into this karate thing, right? He's all in. It, it becomes yeah. his life, and that's the kind of that's that's what Maddie strikes me. At. I could be totally wrong on that, but that's that's what he strikes me as. So I guess, I guess I, I, I guess he, he's the Ralph to me. That's See, a good take. It's. The only reason we ended up at karate is because he posted a picture of himself wearing a gi. <laughs> yeah, In reality, he's true. a lot closer to like Top Gun is probably a better comparison for him. You know, going back a couple uh, more episodes in terms of characters. Yeah. Like he's a lot more like he was Maverick. And uh, and then he, he sort of has developed into like Maverick with who has been tempered a little bit like that's. I think that persona is a lot more mm. like early career Matt Chandler than than the Karate Kid thing. Yeah, because the Karate Kid characters are so like you, they're they're pretty two dimensional. Like there's good guys, there's bad guys, there's bullies, there's weak kids, and then there's a story arc of like weak kid becomes stronger. Those are there's just not yeah. a lot. There's not a lot of of uh, complexity there. So that's I, true. I think he actually works better in the Top Gun world. That's, Who that's is he insightful. in Top Gun? Then is he is he Iceman or is he uh, Pete Mitchell Maverick? Oh, I mean, ten fifteen years ago he was a hundred percent Maverick. Like yeah, the, the swagger, yeah. the smile, the charm, but also the like could rub people the wrong way. Kind of did things his own way, fly off the handle a little bit, didn't follow all the rules, yeah. uh, etc. And I have again, I haven't seen the new 
the new Top Gun, so I don't know Maverick's trajectory in terms of character development, <laughs> but like moving from that into Spoilers, he's exactly the same. <laughs> There's zero difference. Oh, I forgot. It's played by Tom Cruise. Of course he's exactly <laughs> the same. Some things are yeah. timeless. Um yeah. but yeah, that that but just with some like a, a little bit better judgment, you know, so like Ma- Maverick with a conscience. Yeah, no, for sure. I was actually going to go in a similar direction in the Karate Kid universe in that I think if you look at the totality of Johnny Lawrence in that in the first one, he was like your archetypal kind of eighties movie douche, right? Great looking, amazing cheekbones, jawline, popular at school, the whole thing. Um, And then he kind of valleys out, but then in Cobra Kai, they resurrect him as like, uh, a, a kind of kinder, gentler Johnny Lawrence, you know, and he's likable. Kind of been, kind of been through it. Kind of been through it, but he's got some any success. He's got a little bit of sage wisdom. That's not to say that Matt Chandler was ever a douche, but like he, you know, he he was the young, he was the young platformy guy fifteen years ago or whatever, and uh, and yeah, now he's like more like our age and uh, more like Johnny Lawrence's age in the show, and and he's mm. kind of coming back as the sage wisdom guy. Which was I didn't finish Cobra Kai. I did like a season and a half of it, maybe, and uh, it got a little too ridiculous with kids like falling off, like falling out of the rafters in their high school, and it was just too much for me. Gosh, it's uh, so funny, Big T. I mean, not to yeah. not to not to rabbit, but like no, no, rabbit. Well, I literally did the same thing. I, so obviously, you know, like that's my era, right? When Karate yeah, right. comes out in '84, and I'm like 13 yeah. or whatever, and sure. like. Um, so, dude, I tried so hard. Yeah, I yeah. wanted. It's like one of those things where I wanted to like Cobra Kai, and I absolutely hated it. And I, you yeah. can't say that too loud because people no, love Cobra Kai, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if it's because. I, but again, I. It's like everybody I know that's my age was like just gaga over it, and I'm like, dude, it doesn't feel the same. It's like this is what it was, and this is some of the commentary around it is I don't like Daniel feels like the bad guy in it now. Well, like, yeah, he, he kind of was. And he kind of like we're getting deep into like karate kid theory here, but he was he was always in a way kind of the least likable guy in the whole thing. I mean, yeah, you um, can make that argument. For and, sure. and and like to me and I, and Pipe, I want to hear you on Cobra Kai, and I want to know if it worked for you or not. Like for me, baby, it worked on the level of I really enjoyed the nostalgia of it. Of course, like I would have watched a whole episode about Johnny's car. You know, like tell me about the Trans Am and and. You know, his apartment, Johnny's apartment was really interesting to me. And like the the little strip malls and just some of the like, um, I guess, throw throwbacky flourishes mm-hmm. were interesting yeah. to me. But like the, the overall story was very not interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I liked I liked aspects of it, I guess, but I didn't like the sum total. And I didn't like where it went. It just. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where I was at. Like, I gave it, I gave it like a long leash. I think I watched a couple yeah. of apps and I was like, I just can't. I just don't like it. It's not fun. Yeah. 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 No, I, I get it. I, uh, I, I, I get it. I think I enjoyed it for like a season. Pipe, where were you on, uh, on Cobra Kai? Not even interested. Like, it, it yeah. the Karate Kid movies, <clears throat> well, the first one, you know, I watched it when I was young, but it was probably like 10, 10 years after it came out. And sure. uh, so again, like eighties nostalgia predates me just a little bit. So I, I was yeah, there sure. for it, but, but it was post eighties. Um, yeah. and, and so like, it never captured me. 
Uh, you know, I remember yeah. when I was little, like the crane kick was super cool when you were like seven or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but like that was that was the extent of my interest in Karate Kid. And then the movies got progressively dumber. Um, so, yeah, I just didn't care. And honestly, Cobra Kai was one of the things that kind of like my radar went up when I was like, oh, so Hollywood, Hollywood stopped making good movies or original movies, whatever, like 10 years ago and started doing Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah. Now we're doing Star Wars, Marvel, and nostalgia. Like that's its own genre right. at this point. And it and it was just kind of like a it kind of just made me disappointed. You know, because yeah. it, it is essentially just suckering people into like it's nostalgic, therefore it's good. And you're like, yeah. nah, I don't know. I I miss I miss the days when like good movies were made, you know, like I don't know, Goodwill Hunting and stuff like that, where you're like, that that movie wouldn't get made today that kind of stuff so yeah cobra kai was a little bit of a sad reality to me just that it existed at all like it might be fine but it, yeah it just kind of makes me like hollywood has quit on on trying to make good original stuff it seems like yeah that's not you can't argue with that i mean no you can't yeah, yeah like I, I think for me i was really interested in johnny's character but there almost wasn't enough of him in it. Like I, I would have watched a whole episode of him like talking about his tape collection, you know, <laughs> or like talking about why he doesn't have a smart TV or whatever. Like I would have, I would have been down he, for what you want is Johnny to host a podcast. That's what you want. I do. I would listen to that. I would listen to it. I just think you want. I just think you want an offshoot of Cobra Kai that is all Johnny. He's the <laughs> yeah. star. Yes. But like a documentary, like Johnny just talking about his stuff. Johnny doing like a walk and talk in his apartment. Like, tell me about that. Well, you it's kind of like, hey, Johnny, what happened? Like, what happened in the last like 35 years? Like, how did yeah. you or like just do, do the origin story of like what happened after that high school, after those high school years up until that moment? And they did some of that. Like they, they did a touched on some little of that, bit. which yeah. was those were the best parts, I think, because they were very brief. Yeah. They were character driven, you know. And, well, there's uh, and I, there's I, a I, uh, there's a documentary out right now where Stanley Tucci tours around like Italy mm -hmm. and and it's basically like his Italian history, but in food tastings yeah. in different places, uh -huh. which is something that a I suspect both of you would very much enjoy watching, and also exactly what oh, yeah. I think you want Johnny to do. But like touring, touring his his eighties yeah. cultural icons, you know, <laughs> absolutely. Cassettes, I would I would even do food history with Johnny, like top five burgers in his life. You know, um, I'd, I'd watch that. So interesting, Tucci thing on on this note, and. I, I want to hear you on this pipe because it sounds like you've watched the program. So I tried to read Tucci's like food memoir, um, and I was really excited about it. Excited about it because he plays super charming characters in his movies. So I'm envisioning like you know his role as Julia Child's husband in that movie, <laughs> and some of my other favorite Tucci roles. So he's not a real person; he's still an actor for for you. Well, he's an actor, and I mean, part and parcel of being being an actor is like you know, faking being other people. But like, so I read this, I read this book and he comes off as kind of the elitist kind of Hollywood windbag that probably all of them are, t truth be told. But like, I didn't want to believe that about him. But then I read the book and it kind of confirmed that. You oh, know what I mean? So funny. Yeah, and I wonder if he tracks that way on the show or if... Or if he kind of goes charming like some of his characters, uh, speak to that pipe. Yeah, it's it, well. A, I have that same thought about almost every actor memoir that I have tried to read. 
they mm, they're interesting. All, you know, if if you like an actor based on what you see on screen, uh, don't read their memoir. Uh-huh. Odds are, odds are they come off exactly yeah. what they probably are in real life, which is wealthy, privileged, elitist, snobby, and very self centered. Yeah. Uh, no, in mm-hmm. the show, he he channels all of his on screen charm because you know, like he's going to like mm, this, this this island that specializes in these very particular regional fish dishes. And he's sitting down with people who don't speak any English, and uh, but they speak a dialect of, uh, of Italian that he doesn't really know. So there's a translator, and he's just he's warm, he's charming, he's you know he's he's a little bit like you know Bob Wiley from What About Bob over the food, where he's like, oh <laughs> yeah, oh this is is, is this corn uh-huh. hand shuck kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's I love like, it. I d- my uh, my wife loved the show. I watched. I think she watched all of it. So I would yeah. drop in here and there, and I was like, yeah, it's a, it's an enjoyable watch. And he is very charming yeah. in it. Uh, and actors should just stay on screen and generally not in print. Yeah, that's a good word. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I feel like I feel like I had another Tucci thing, like a, a follow up Tucci thing, but I've I've lost it. Let's uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about one more media thing. All right, boys. Um, the group chat was really. It was really active this week. There was a lot going on in the group chat, uh, a lot of fun things, one of which was, and I think this also came from you, Big R, mm. um, the fact that there's a, a new magazine out there on the, on the newsstands um, rocking well, the, you, the... You know that the, came from Ronnie because nobody keeps up with magazines like he does. Like, he's, he's professed his <laughs> love for true. magazines. <laughs> That's a very niche like, thing to be interested in. Uh, but he is interested in it, and we're now pipe interested in it. In as much as there's a new magazine on the on the on the shelves, uh, it's Podcast Magazine, and true to form, uh, there was a white dude on the cover with a microphone, a middle-aged white guy. So that's what it needs to be. That's on brand for podcasting in general. Um, and they had an article, and as a journalism professor, I was just um, completely drawn in by this. Um, the 50 best dads in podcasting. And I'm just like, boy, knock me over with a feather. What an angle, you know, what an angle. And, 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 and I'm, I'm hating myself for not thinking of that as a writer. So like, what do you guys think about the existence of podcast magazine? Big R, did you buy a copy? No. So it just, it popped up on one of my feeds. I, I don't, I forget how it even popped up and somebody made kind of a joke about it. Yeah. And so I'm looking at it and my first thought was like, wait a minute, is this just like some funny like meme thing that somebody was like doing to uh-huh. like, did they just create a fake magazine to be funny because, you know, podcasting's kind of funny. Yeah. And then, and then no, 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 it really, it's a legit magazine. It's called Podcast Magazine Beyond the Microphone. Ooh. And, uh, and it has this guy named Bren, Brendan Schaub on the cover. Yeah. I've never heard of him, but. Um, He's an MMA guy who turned comedian. Oh, okay. Or maybe okay. a comedian that turned MMA guy. I don't remember, but it's, there's some of that in his. Yeah. Background. So either I way, mean, sounds like a so, real charmer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So obviously, it's like. So how do we? So obviously, it's something where they're like, "How do we get these podcast celebrities now?" And then just kind of get into their lives and you know, kind of find out the real person behind the microphone. You know, kind mm, of thing. Man. And um, so, dude, yeah, it's I, I. And then my comment to you guys was like. It's just shocking that we haven't gotten the call to well, be a feature yeah. in the mag. 
How long? I mean, how how long, how oh long? Lord? How yeah. long, oh Lord? If they thought of if if they thought of fifty better podcasting dads than us, like just write this whole production <laughs> off. Like, what is what is this publication anyway? What are they? They don't know anything. <laughs> I wonder if any of like anybody from our tribe made that list. You know what I mean? I wonder if like um, I don't know Colin Hansen or Kevin DeYoung or any of those guys snuck in on the podcast dads list. Um, I'm guessing not, but uh, they had they had a sub list that was most prolific podcasting dads. Kevin DeYoung was number one on that <laughs> yes, list. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, um, yeah. If they were to call, and let's let's run this hypothetical because as a company we need to be ready for this. Okay, we need to, you know, we're media moguls, we're men of men of the studio, broadcast men. Um, if they come calling for a feature. <laughs> and which is going to happen, I'm sure. And they send a photographer to do like a feature, feature portraits, like hero shots of us. Like what, how do we play that? Do we, well, Ronnie can just uh, hand in what, what's on his new website. Like he just, he has oh my those, goodness. Those, yeah, those blue steel, dramatic yeah. shots of him. <laughs> yeah. In black Boys, and white. I like to stay one step ahead of the features, right? So whenever nope. they come, I'm ready. I just, you're like, I'll do my own photo essay about <laughs> me. <laughs> He he's like the yeah he's like the celebrity who walks around with like glossy eight by tens already signed for people yeah like hey anybody want one of these you know you're pull up to a restaurant like hey oh what's I I would just I would just I would love to have somebody walk in and just look I want to be the aloof guy I want to be like Joe Rogan experience never heard of it like what are we here to talk about you know I want to be the aloof guy by posting myriad pictures of myself online oh aloof about podcast though right. yeah. Right. Just kind of like, so we're here. We're, you know, we're going to do a feature on some of the lesser known podcasts. I just want to act like insulted about that. And like, I, yeah, I really yeah. don't know what you mean by that. That is sounds passive. That is the most, the that art, is the most indie know. music artist take on this whole thing. <laughs> like true. what are like, podcasts? If, if Rolling Stone magazine wanted to do a feature, be like, ugh, sellouts, you know, that's, exactly. that's kind of what this feels like to me. Well, I would just want to ask, like, hey, give give me the number of ep- of issues that Joe Rogan has not been on the cover of, because surely he's on every other cover. If you guys do like a twelve month like print run, it has to be Joe Rogan every other month, right? So. Yeah, but he's, I mean, he's moving, he's shipping units of of whatever whatever it is that he's selling on his on his podcast. I mean, that guy is a gold yeah. It's mine. not Crossway books. I'll tell you that. It's much. not. It's, it's not, not Crossway books. Yeah. To be fair, it's not. Yeah, you life know. Lifeway is not advertising on the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, well, part of, yeah, he just yeah. he keeps it fresh though because like he's he does you know he he's one of those guys who tries new stuff like every six minutes. So every you know he just he's constantly selling something new. He's a uh, He's a creative it's, one. You know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, I was talking to a guy, a guy. Who was it? I can't remember. But I was talking to somebody who's kind of, kind of a little bit in that industry um, mm-hmm. a couple months ago, and um, we were talking about. I we we're talking a little bit about Rogan, and it's really funny because at the end of the day, like, and he he knew he had a little more insider info about Rogan, right? I don't know how. I forget who it was, and mm-hmm. um, it was interesting because it sounds like it's kind of like all podcasts. Like, it sounds like Rogan is essentially just doing what we're doing every time. I mean, I know he has to get guests and they have to schedule us, but he has like a whole, you know, team working for him now, right? But but at the end of the day, I mean, this dude is just rolling up and just kind of going for it ad lib. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. I mean, I think that's that in its infancy, that was the appeal of the podcast, right? Like, it's less. 
curated, less, less polished. Scripted, yeah, for sure. Yeah, less scripted than a radio, you know, radio show like a morning radio show or whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of follows that the best people at doing this are the people that keep it kind of on that level. I yeah, guess if you're um, doing that kind of a show, like right. there's other shows, obviously the nature of them, they have to be scripted because they're following sure. like a, you know, like a, whatever, like a like narrative a or whatever show. Or, yeah. One of those things. But yeah, if you're just doing like what Rogan's doing, uh, all I can think is like, dude, what a job, man. The dude just rolls up. He talks to like famous, you know, guests about whatever he wants. And like, that's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it's, it, it seems it's like there's interesting. Yeah, it kind of seems like there's three categories of successful podcasts. There's like that, or what kind of what we're doing, where it's just like show up and riff, um, maybe with guests, maybe not. Then there's like the curated storytelling kind, you know, This American Life or Serial mm-hmm. or whatever that you know, true crime podcasts, some of which are great. And then there's like the deep dive ones. So I listen to a lot. I listen to mostly sports podcasts, and it's yeah. it's all of the kind of analysis that you won't get on yeah. like ESPN because they take, you know, they have like four minute segments of hot takes. And this is like, we're going to, we're going to deep dive into trades or favorite players or history of sports or whatever. And so it's like the, the deep analysis. And I think there's like finance podcasts like that and stuff, but yeah, it's yeah. Rogan has absolutely nailed that, that genre. I mean, he is, he's the most successful at it in terms of, I think uh, Mark Marin's the kind of was maybe the first guy to do it. The first one I was aware of, and Rogan was right there with him. But yeah, he just yeah. I I don't even know. Does he come in prepared with questions, or is it just like guy shows up and he just starts talking and stays interested for two and a half hours? It sound, It doesn't sound. You know, he maybe he just does it in such a way where I'm sure he does some research because he's he's always asking questions related to who the person is and like what they do and what they're good at, but. It always does sound like they just once they get on that rabbit trail, man. They just they walk down it. They travel. Down. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing is like he, it's interesting. It's it's related to who they are and what they're good at until it's like, oh, what do you think about aliens? And so right. like all of a sudden he's talking to a stand up comedian about their take on extraterrestrials, right. and you're like, that's not what they're good at. But yeah, but it's yeah. you know, it's I guess it's entertaining. I think that's the uh, yeah. nature of this business. Like you don't have to be good or credible at any thing anymore <laughs> like you just have to kind of be on the air talking and don't about we it. know and, it. Uh, and don't we know it yeah yeah and i mean it's your distinctions were good pipe and i think they're the podcasts where like you just want to be with a person and i guess i would put rogan into that category and, yeah, and probably so. us too where i mean nobody's getting any like really amazing life advice from us or even learning how to do something and to your point pipe about the the deep analytic kind of sports podcast. That's what I gravitate toward too. And it's almost just like a nice hang. And if they say something I'm really interested in, I'll zero in and I'll really listen. But otherwise I just kind of enjoy having it with me while I do other stuff like driving the car, cut the grass or whatever. Yeah. Boys, we've done what we always do on this program in that we had like 20, Three minutes of content instead of 30. But uh, it sounds like we're done, and that's okay. Uh, We've done what we always do. Until next time.
we want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.